No, on a race day, Steve, do you, do you eat, eat, eat? A lot of work. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. As an AD, there's a lot of work, both during the season and the off season, just uh, keeping the trailer up, uh, keeping the canopy up, keeping the tool sets up, keeping the spares up, keeping the oil up, uh, keeping the tie-downs uh, right, uh, making sure the generators are working, making sure the air conditioners work. I mean, there's, uh, if you were just fixing one car, is one thing, but when you're uh, not really professional and you got, you know, half a dozen people doing stuff for you, um, Steve and uh, Steve has done most of the work in between races uh, himself, both on the car and on the trailer. And, uh, you know, it's especially this year. I mean, I, I was a cripple this year with all my surgeries. So um, he does, uh, and then plus he works a full-time job or two or three. Uh, he tows uh, sometimes for uh, Maggio's. Uh, I don't know. He's really interesting. You got to talk to him sometime about uh, uh, the train recoveries that he does. He goes with Maggio's when train when there's train derailments and they're you know picking up cars and locomotives and pulling them out of ponds and uh, rollovers and uh, he's he, he's done some pretty interesting towing in his day too. Wow. So so Steve on a race day. Do you eat regularly, or do you eat very lightly on a race day after the racers are done? Yeah, usually there's not a ton goes on during the day. I try to have a decent breakfast, and then once the, you know, we don't really start until 4 o'clock is the for wise guy race is our first qualifier, but try to get the car warmed up by 1 or 2. So it's uh, as long as I'm there Friday, we do pretty good up until about, Two, two or three o'clock. We we'll warm the car up, and then we'll try to have. I'm we'll try to make some burgers or something. Because if we don't eat at two or three, it never fails. Something, something's not right after the first run. Whether it's a good run or it's not a good run, there's always something we end up having to do it in between runs, and you only get an hour in between uh, first and second qualifier, and then it's uh, you got. Then if you make the show, it's another hour or so. So. It just multiplies, so you eat at 2, and then you don't eat again until 10 or 11 at night when you're done racing, and then usually you're uh, tearing stuff down, or people are trying to have, trying to party or something, so it's, uh, it's granola bars or kind bars for me, <laughs> they're in between rounds, that's about it. Yeah, I've never stayed there for after party, but I've always seen like videos and pictures of the wise guys partying late at night and stuff. Yeah, they're, uh, especially Pete was out in the president for most of the season. He didn't race much. He had a, he had his uh, hip surgery done, and uh, so he wasn't afraid of having the parties going for him because uh, he wasn't racing. But um, but no, it's always a good time, and it's fun seeing. Uh, it's fun being able to hang out with everybody after the fact too. Um, it's just. It's tough, man. After after running around all day, wrenching on the car, and then still having to put everything away and um, trying to have a good time at night too. But it's 
it's fun and I would train for the world, but it, it's uh, it's one heck of a workout, man. I'm ready for I'm ready to go back to my normal job on Monday because I'm exhausted from a race weekend, <laughs> mentally and physically. <laughs> now, do you have any drag racers that you know were an inspiration to you besides John Force? enjoy watching him just because of his uh his interviews and his canter and his uh how, how his passion for the sport for uh for drag racing i um i'll watch uh, i like watching some of stevie fast youtube videos and stuff um i'm not uh i hate i hate the showboaters and the arrogance of like uh, a lot of these street outlaw guys, the TV stuff, and I know some of it's TV, so I really struggle getting into any of that. Um, I enjoy some of the newer stuff. At least they're showing a lot more racing than they are the drama. Um, I get into more of the technical stuff, and I like watching a lot of the some of the Stevie Fast videos because he'll get in there and show you how, how his lockup converter goes up, comes apart and what he's doing in between rounds and. Um, tries to answer technical questions, and I, I can uh, appreciate. Um, I would love to spend a weekend with him. That man seems so knowledgeable, and I really appreciate uh, somebody that's driving the car and then wrenching on it and back at the shop working on it. I mean, he's got a crew of stuff too, but he knows the inside and out. He doesn't just sit in the air-conditioned truck and get in the car when it's time to time to buckle up. He's working nonstop at the tune-up and figuring out, making the calls, what needs to get done on it. And, um, but um, I, oddly enough, I was, I was always a, I was a, kind of an NASCAR fan growing up, so I was a big Dale Earnhardt senior fan and then a, a Tony Stewart fan, so I'm, uh, I'm really loving that Tony Stewart's in a, in a drag car now. Yeah. Yeah, the good old D D Dale Earnhardt, the Intimidator. Yeah, that's right. Damn. One thing you, you might not know about Stephen, too, uh, he's uh, very well educated in engineering. He's got a, uh, a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering, he's got a Master's degree in Mechanical Engineering. And I think he's got a master's degree, like project management or something. So he uh, he likes to know and figure out how things work and uh, how he can make them work better. So he's uh, great attributes there. So so now at the at the end of the finish line, who comes to pick you up? Jeff and my little man Aiden, he's always there as long as if he's not at a baseball or something or other. He's just, those those two or three are always there. Um, so I'll uh, as soon as I uh, get the shoots out, the car starts blowing up. I I'm always asking what the what the run was. I can tell when it. I'll be excited when I know that I can tell when it was a pretty good run, and then. Uh, Jeff or Dad's usually trying to tell me the, the ET or the mile an hour and on the radio as I'm getting the car slowed down. And um, then uh, we're half trying to figure out what we got to do before we're even hooked up to the golf cart to start pushing back. 
Um, and one thing that I, I think that you do too, Steve, when you get to the end of the track, after you got our shoots up on the trunk or in the tr in the trunk, um, and before we get down there, Steve goes helps the other racers with their shoots, get them off the track, uh, and that kind of stuff. And uh, not everybody does that. I don't see anybody helping us ever, but. Uh, He's always trying to help the other guys, uh, and I think that's a, a great attribute. Yeah, see, this is all the behind-the-scenes stuff that we don't see back over there. Yep. Yeah, it's sometimes it's kind of exciting down at the at the finish line, especially when. You, you, I'm to teach my 13-year-old to. He's. I call them the prima donna football players and basketball players. Football players, they got to do their crazy uh, touchdown dances or when they turn the ball over dances, it drives me bonkers. <laughs> Trying to teach them you should, you, you should be, you, you expect to do that. Expect to score the touchdown. Expect to win that round. It, it shouldn't be a, you got to be proud and happy, but you don't need to be a, uh, uh, arrogant celebration uh, every time you you do what I think is expected and uh, be, is, humble. Um, be humble exactly so, yeah uh, but so you may not get the gigantic excitement that out of me it's more because I, I it's not that I expect to win every time it's when you do win you you do it with respect and uh, I don't know I uh some of, some of that drives me nuts when guys and gals are doing celebrating a little extreme sometimes. I don't know. So, so what's been the fastest pass you've had with Bird now? Um, it's funny because our fastest mile ever went together. Uh, we've gone six twenty with a one, I think, and two hundred and thirty miles an hour, like two hundred thirty point eight miles an hour, but. They were on separate runs. Uh, we haven't gotten a had a lot of six low six twenty six twenty one runs, but um, usually the they're the beginning of our first 60, 60 feet or so isn't our best run when we're uh, when we're having the low et. So that's why I look forward to being able to get those put together. Yet um, I feel like we'll uh, once yeah, we able to get. That yeah, together would be a lot faster. Yeah, we had, uh, I think, three 229-something runs. And, uh, I don't know, 230 just sounds so much faster than 229. And then uh, I think we had a night there where the air was uh, nice and cool and uh, humidity was down. And uh, you know, we had that 230-mile-an-hour run. Uh, that was still like us. Uh, 621 run. So uh, there's uh, a, a lot that goes into uh, different parts of the track. Uh, um, as an example, when uh, we run, we ran basically 26 degrees of advanced timing in the motor, uh, except on the hits. We take uh, we had been taking 10 degrees out on the hit uh, and had been taking it out for uh, as much as uh, 
three quarters of a second uh, and then try to put it in in the next second. Well, again, we've gotten better. We've, we've done some things on the, the chassis with the four link, how we've got things set. And uh, we haven't screwed around with the shocks too much yet, but you know, we, we've gotten to the point now where we're only pulling uh, 10 degrees and even eight degrees now uh, for a quarter of a second. And then in three quarters of a second, um, putting all uh, eight or 10 degrees back in. And to be honest, that was uh, unheard of for us uh, you know, even, even two years ago. Uh, and again, we made chassis, with, uh, you know, adjustments to the chassis, the four-line, the uh, tire pressures, uh, wheelie bar height. Uh, there, there's just a lot of things that uh, you got to do. And, and then the track, uh, changes or you know has has an effect on it uh and uh i don't know it's uh we're learning too again this computer that we have in the car has got so much data in it there's so much information that you look, can look at uh, and uh it's uh again we're learning how to interpret it returning uh, you know learning how uh to make adjustments uh to get better and uh again uh the first year when we ran the car uh i mean we we broke seven seconds finally like 697 and we went 201 and you, you would thought we had won the uh, uh super bowl or something because i mean we were struggling at the beginning and uh then that yeah, little by little you talk to people you try things uh, you learn things and uh and we're still learning, so there's still some in there. Now, are you guys looking to get that car to go faster next season? What racer won't say yes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. We're we're doing. Uh, as Steve said earlier, uh, we've been very conservative. Uh, you know, although from a uh, I don't know, bracket racer standpoint, we, we, I mean, we were shifting the car at 8,750 RPM. You tell anybody with a, a small block Chevy or a big block Chrysler or a, a Ford 5 liter, you're shifting at 8,750 to look at you cross-eyed. But then you talk to other people like Stevie Fast and uh, these guys that are going 250 miles an hour in uh, Pro Mod, they're shifting at 10,500 RPM. Well, uh, one, our pockets aren't that deep to uh, uh, be able to have spare motors and, and blow things up. And we've been gradually uh, moving up. And one of the things we're going to do for this coming year is uh, change our rear end gear ratio up a little. We run a, a 410 uh, to one gear ratio in it right now, and we shift. Uh, maybe 8,900 is about the highest that we've, we've uh, shifted at, but we're going to go to a 430 uh, gear ratio and probably end up shifting around 93, 94, uh, 100, maybe even 9,500 RPM. So, and then we think that uh, you can look at the RPM, uh, the graph. So there's a sensor on the um, rear end. It tells you how fast the drive shaft is turning, and uh, you look at it. You can look at that in relationship to uh, engine RPM, and you get an idea of 
how much slippage there is in your torque converter as an example. We made a change to the torque converter this year, you know, as one of the things. But you can also look at how quickly uh, the drive shaft ramps up and how far it drops off uh, to know where you're making power. And it seems like if we could get up around more like 95 or 100 RPM, the, uh, the ramp for drive shaft acceleration is more vertical and it doesn't drop as far on a gear shift. Uh, so one of the things I didn't get into earlier and why we went with this uh, electronic system, it's called ComSync, is we have uh, temperature sensors, EGTs, in each of the uh, exhaust tubes. And uh, with this system, you can program in uh, and what temperature you don't want to exceed. And if it goes over that uh, on a mechanical system and it just keeps climbing higher, you got a good chance of melting a piston, uh, burning a valve, uh, melting the head, you know, do, doing stuff that's going to cost you major dollars. But like on ours, you can set a uh, temperature, and when it gets to that, it will put... Uh, 30% more fuel into that injector and it'll do that for five crankshaft revolutions. And if it doesn't start seeing the temperature come down during those five crankshaft revolutions, it cuts the ignition to that hole so it keeps the engine running, the other seven cylinders are running, and it keeps dumping fuel in to cool it and the run is trash. But guess what? Uh, you'll probably be able to run the next round because there's a hole in the piston that you can burn a valve or you can burn a, burn a hole in the head. So, but anyway, it's got some things like that in there that we've been taking advantage of uh, to help tune this thing and be safe. And uh, we're fine-tuning it now. So we, we had a lot of safety in it. Now we've got a lot less. And uh, you know, we'll keep doing that, uh, itching up on uh, you know, where it looks about to be. Is. And those are the things you can do when you got, uh, you know, a laptop and the and the computer in the car helping you uh, to make it run. Now, Steve, since you've been running with the wise guys, you have a fondest memory of so far. Um, my my favorite day, I think, would be going up there running against Joe's Olper, two wing cars, as Daytona and we. Uh, and our Superbird, that's uh, that was awesome to finally be able to put two wing cars up on a on the starting line for sure. Yeah, hopefully we'll see Joe out there next season. Yeah, I'm hoping he's got pistons. So that was what that was what kept him out last year mostly. So we'll see. Yeah, it's always cool to see Mike Rishia come out there too. Yeah, I think he's gonna run a little more. Uh, talking to him a couple weeks ago. I think he's going to run a little more Midwest Pro Mod Series stuff, but hopefully he'll still come out and do some testing by us. He's uh, definitely got the fast, if not one of the fastest, the fastest hot rods out there, and uh, I, we were able to run him in one of the finals. I know that was, uh, we gave him a run for his money. He uh, he, has, he still got the wind light in the finals against us earlier in the year, but we were side-by-side -side race it was pretty cool he, i know he had that thing up, down near up against the wall wheeling it to 
keep in front of us. So I, uh, it's neat earning. Uh, after that, it was neat. He invited me over to have a. They always have a ritual. I guess they do. They do shots afterwards after their their win, lose, or draw. And uh, he made sure to invite me over to be a part of that. So that was pretty cool. Now, Steve, since you've been drag racing, have you won any trophies? Um, I've got one big bracket race win with our altar, and then we've run, we won two, I don't know if we won two or three, three wise guy races. We won the last event in 2021, and then I think we won the first one and the, and one other one this year, um. So that was that was pretty awesome. I know we went to a lot of finals this year, especially early on. Um, and uh, you got rookie of the year last year for uh, that award. Yep, that's right. We did that. Yeah. So how are your kids? Yeah, we went from go, go ahead, Steve. Place this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that, Dave? No, I said how are, how are your kids doing with the junior dragsters? Good. My son was uh, he was the track champion two years ago on his hot rod. Last year he didn't. We only raced him a couple times. He was uh, he's into he's got a really good ball player, so he was doing his travel baseball league. Uh, so I think he was out about three times racing. And then both my girls, we just got them licensed to run junior dragsters, so they ran ran two or three events, um, and they each have won some rounds. So um, for them, it's just getting in the routine going down the racetrack and uh them loving racing is uh it's awesome so as they'll as they'll start to get older um it's so tough trying to me stay racing and then have time for them for their races too just depending on where they fall in that um so we're gonna try to be ready again for for may is when they start racing it looks like already first weekend in may yeah, I know Car- Carlos going to have to get his daughter a junior director soon. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, he said he's been, he's been promising, her, promising her a junior director. I think she's getting, getting to be about that age. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's Sometimes it's harder than a big car, that's for sure. But, uh, but no, it's really neat, when, especially when the kids. Uh, I like bringing the juniors along on Saturday week. Usually they can get a few test hits in before we start running. And uh, Everett Pajusic, I know he he'll, he comes and brings his junior out there, and we'll probably try to do that a little bit more again in the 2023 season. I'm sure the kids are there. Yeah, the juniors, you know, they're the future of drag racing. Yep, there's some really good ones that have come out of the uh, the realms of that too. Uh, and they will continue, I'm sure. Now, where do you guys get get all your uh, fire safety equipment from? Um, I have pretty much all impact stuff. Um, well, I, uh, at least that's where my fire suit and boots and helmet and I run a Hans, a Hans device for uh, my head and neck restraint. And then uh, we have impact belts in the car as well. I run a, the, uh, as far as the stuff on the car, I think we got, we have a Stroud parachutes and a Stroud window net, and then uh, we've got a ramjet blower 
uh, restraint, and then the the uh, transmission blanket and the diaper for the for the engine. Those are all Taylor, so yeah, kind of a mixed bag there, I guess. Daddy, I don't, I don't think you can get a bad one to be honest. Daddy, prefer quarter mile or eighth mile, Steve? kind of guy i i really like seeing the 200 mile an hour runs that's for sure up on the scoreboard but um the eighth mile stuff is so much safer and so much easier on parts um i really think another i i really think it's gonna all be eighth mile here in the next year or two this season i'll still run quarter i'm sure for the wise guys but at, at some point if they're going to continue to have us running low seconds, six seconds, high five second stuff. That even when these guys are going in the fives, they're, they're letting out early because there's not enough shutdown. And then if you get a late parachute or something, you're in the sand trap. It's just, uh, or worse, it's just not, there's no room for error um, at some of these racetracks. Um, so, I, uh, it's not being a cowboy and saying, "Oh, you got a old school always go quarter mile." It's just, it's just not. Unless the awesome of these racetracks are going to do some extending the shutdown areas and stuff, it's it's tough. I mean, I'm, like us, we're looking at looking at putting carbon fiber brakes on the car and or different parachutes, and I. It, it's just still if you if one of the one of those things doesn't work quite right. It's not like they put two parachutes on there, one's for a backup in case the other one doesn't come out. You need both parachutes um, or the car will not stop. Uh, you need the brakes or the car will not stop with the parachutes. It's uh, it's just pretty, it's kind of hairy down there right now. Now, have you, have you reached any milestones in your drag racing career so far, Steve? Uh, 200. I would have never thought I'd go 200 miles an hour. That was... Uh, um, that was the, the biggest one that I was thinking that I'll probably ever do because I can say never, but I'll probably never go 300 miles an hour. So um, not many people uh, say they've done 200, I guess. And uh, my buddy Joe Zolper posted something funny. He's kind of a smart guy, like posting stuff on Facebook. And he posted something that I, I was like, that's pretty awesome. I remember when I was in high school, all my car buddies and that who had the faster car and truck and all that. And, he posted it. He's like, "How many of you can say that you have the fastest car from when you went to high school?" I can still I can say that right now. That all the buddies that I went to school with definitely had the fastest car. So I was kind of like, a, yeah, "That's pretty awesome." I chuckled to myself. All right, so I'm going to ask you, both you guys a few fun questions, and then we'll close out the interview. You guys ready? Here. What is your favorite food you guys like to eat? Pizza, extra cheese pizza. Keith? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking here. I like so much food. <laughs> <laughs> if I only eat one food, um, I don't. I, I like a nice uh, Italian pasta with angel hair noodles, uh, sausage. 
and a nice red sauce. I would I would have to say that. So who does all the cooking at home, Steve? You or the wife? I'm the breakfast guy. I have always have making all the breakfast food here. Um, dinner, not so much unless it's fish because she hates fish and doesn't do anything with fish. So I'll make a good fish fry at home. But so, what's your favorite dish that your wife makes? Um, lasagna when it turns out right. When it turns oh. out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what do your favorite beverage you drink? Whether it's alcohol, non-alcohol, whatever. Mm, I like probably just Coke and or Blue UV and lemonade. Those are, that would be my my go-to liquor. If I had a a, a real real Coca-Cola. Not diet, but real Coca-Cola is my my go-to for uh, non-alcoholic. But for an alcoholic drink, I'm a past Blue Ribbon beer drinker, and have been since I was 16. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> PBR guy, huh? Yeah. You want to hear that story quick or not? Go ahead. I'll tell you real quick. Go ahead. So, I used to work in a bowling alley when I was 16, and back in the day, you used to have to do the bottle shoots because they had all returnable bottles. So the bar was upstairs, it had to shoot, the bottles come down, and before the leagues would start, you'd have to go down there and you'd put the shorties in the short uh, cases, the, the uh, tall ones in the tall cases, and the only other one was uh, Miller High Life, which was clear, that would go in the Miller High Life class. Well, anyway, uh, at 16 years old, I had access to the beer cooler. So Friday nights, I would take my ball and shoes out of my bowling bag, put them in a locker. I would go into the cooler and I could stack a case of shorties in there, of beer. And I always took Paps. And the reason I took Paps was it was the most popular beer in Milwaukee. And I figured they'd never uh, see that they lost the case of beer a week because they were always giving away beer anyway. <laughs> so anyway, that's how I started drinking it. And I still drink it today. Wow. <laughs> so what's your, uh, both of you guys, what's your favorite type of music to listen to? I'm rock and roll. Oldies. Steve? Sorry. Sorry, put the kids in bed. What was that? Oh, what's going on? What's your favorite music, Steve? Um... I like the current country, but I'm an oldies guy. I like the, the 60s music myself. Yeah. Definitely like a, well, the, the Beatles or the Beach Boys. Your, your dad got you into the old rock and roll? Yeah, all of our jukeboxes from home, all the 45s I listen to all the time. I've got a bunch of jukeboxes and pinball machines. and the one Actually, the one jukebox I have, I have every... Beatles 45 that was ever released on it and wow. uh, they all play now do you got a big vinyl collection Keith I've got quite a bit of uh, LPs and I've got a hell of a lot of 45s I've got I've got five deep boxes with uh, 45s in them and uh, yeah yep now what is what is you guys uh, what's your biggest 
pet peeve at the racetrack. I hate when the I hate when the the program changes when they come out with a schedule and it's not it's not from an oil down or not from weather. It's all of a sudden the start time is supposed to be four o'clock and they decide to move it up to three thirty or they're going to have a four o'clock qualifier and a six o'clock and now it's a four o'clock and it's a five thirty and it's like why do we have a schedule? <laughs> How about you, Keith? I say the same thing. I mean, you're you're going around what they tell you when you're going to run, and you're making either tuning or downloading programs or putting air in tires, packing chutes, cooling shit off, uh, checking the level of oil, uh, whatever broke in that run, uh, setting valve lash, uh, looking at spark plugs. Are they rich or le- I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that goes in between, and you're probably looking at your watch. Uh, you know, hey, we got to get it. We're going to leave this pit area at this time. And uh, uh, it, the worst is when they move it up. Uh, moving it out, you just get pissed because you want to go around the car. But I hate it. Like Steve says, when they when they shorten it up, uh, just they give you 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, it's it, If you have a bracket car, if you have a car that does not a lot of maintenance, if you... If you're, uh, you know, you don't do a lot of stuff on the car in between runs, okay, you can get away with that. Yeah. But when you're, you're, you got all these things to do, uh, it's, uh, and I, we're fortunate. I mean, we get, as you know, we got a very unique car. We get a lot of people in our pit area in between rounds, and we love it. Uh, and uh, got to spend some time with them. You know, yeah. they want to talk. They want to see. Uh, you know, you're selling t-shirt ads or, you know, kids are coming up, they want signatures or just, you know, sign my, my shirt or, you know, I mean, and Steve is, he's, like you said, he's not, he's not like, uh, Tony Stewart or John Force or, uh, you know, somebody that's just drives the car. Hell, he's in there wrenching on it. He's, he's fixing stuff. He's, uh, adjusting stuff. And, uh, um, doing whatever it takes to go make a run, and it's that's probably the you hate the most at the track. And rain if it rains, <laughs> but you don't have much control over. Yeah, unfortunately, we're, we're fortunate. I don't know, yeah, you've seen it, and we've got a really, really, really nice uh, canopy, yeah, uh, in the ass to put up. Uh, and, uh, but it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's so nice and fun, uh, it's so nice and it rains, um, and, uh, you know, Steve does a great job. He's the one that usually puts it up, but, uh, it's, uh, there's a, there's a lot of straps to, to tighten, or lights to put up that we put up, but, uh, so, what it is <laughs> yeah so how important do you guys think it is for the families to bring out kids to watch drag racing these days so much better so awesome to see um i can't tell you how it's it's almost a shame how many kids that are teenagers and they're telling me this is their first time the parents have driven off to the racetrack and it just kills me um 
I feel like that. I don't know what life would be like without it for me. Um, and uh, there's so much to learn about life. I just you don't have to work on a car to to be interested in cars. Um, there's just so much part of motorsports that it can that it involves you with it and uh, teaches you stuff and uh, it's awesome. I, I guess I haven't met someone that hasn't had a good time that's come out there. I guess. One of the things, uh, Dave, I don't, I don't know if you you realize this, um, but we've got a road runner, the actual road runner, horn in the uh, uh, extreme bird, and uh, when uh, we're coming back on the return road, uh, either he and his son or Steve will be blowing that horn in the car, and I think the people just love that. I mean, it's they weren't looking, they're looking when they hear the horn. Uh, and uh, I think you said this earlier, when you come back, you see all these smiling people waving and, uh, you know, showing your, they bought a t-shirt, you know, holding their t-shirt or out or a hat. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool to see. Makes you feel good. Yeah, I think I did hear that before, you know, when you guys are coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys got the distinctive horn, and uh, Pete's got his own distinctive horn. Oh, yeah, he's got his. <laughs> yeah, Pete certainly does. <laughs> and it, it depends how drunk he is, how often he plays it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you look what this guy has put together for 28 years. Uh, this year it was... Uh, you know, to negotiate contracts and get the tracks to do stuff and uh, he he's done uh, uh, one hell of a job uh, I uh, didn't know him until three years ago and call him a friend now so yeah Pete Demos he's uh, something else out there gotta love that guy yeah oh yeah he tries to keep all you guys safe and he does a good job Uh, at Byron, it, it was always a 
I'll say it's a it's kind of almost a rivalry, but not a rivalry because we're such good friends. But it's I know it's it's probably my favorite guy to go line up against because we get to do the biggest burnouts. Yeah. Try to uh, try to get that going. It's always so much fun. That I love that too. Yeah, and our cars basically they run almost the same. So it's just a, whichever one that's on the racetrack better. Is, they're always a, that's always a side by side run. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, and then Tyler's got that fast backup. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> like Arnie Beswick. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, the wise guys. Are, long, what were you saying? How long you been? Yeah, how long have you been doing this interviewing? Uh, my wife started the podcast like about eight years ago now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She she was she was doing interviews when we first started, and I I took over. So now I'm stuck doing all the interviews. <laughs> you do a good job. Also. Thanks. Yeah, you can't say enough about the Chicago Wise guys. Though. You know, so many great people. Like the Kusha family. You can't say enough about the Kusha family. Right, yep. Yeah. Yeah, they, they come back from wrecking that car, and they had a car to be reckoned with in the second half of the season. That's for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of people going to be gunning for the championship for 2023 in that group. Yep, yep. It'll be a fun season. You know Tyler wants to get that title back. Yeah, there's rumors they might go through some Midwest uh, or the post nostalgia post doc stuff. So I'm hoping they, at least with their black one, with their '80s car, I'm hoping they, I'm hoping maybe they try to run them both. But um, I hope they don't. I hope they don't take a year off of the wise guys. Yeah. We'll see what what that brings. I guess. What the New Year brings. Yeah, then. Yeah, I know uh, Neesmith didn't do as much racing this year. No, there's some. A couple other guys, too, had some parts issues trying to get parts, and hopefully they're. They can be get through that this, this winter, and we've had to do the same thing. We've had to stock up on parts and that we normally wouldn't have to have sitting in inventory, but. If you want to be able to make the season, you got to have spares of stuff, and that gets expensive, but it's, if you want to run the season, that's where we're learning you got to do. Yeah. Hope, hopefully we see Tommy Dwyer out there next season. Absolutely. It sounds like he's ready to, it sounds like they got their stuff ready, so. Yeah. I, I, they fired it up here right around Thanksgiving. Yeah, I love seeing Dwyer's car out there. Yeah, like the hopefully Bud Dennis can get the bugs out of that car. Yeah, I don't know. I don't need to get that thing up for sale, but I, I think he's uh. Is that that old uh, yeah, I was talking to his his main crew guy in there. They're still working on it, so I'm hoping they they can get it all fixed up and ready to run. They had so many gremlins in their transmission this year. Yep. That car's got the potential to go fast, but. Sure does. Well, so what are you guys looking to, looking forward to the most for uh, 2023? Um, probably gonna see if we can uh, 
try to uh, maintain a below well, the 620, 630 average uh, lap time and uh, try to not break anything this year. I know that sounds funny and it's the goal every year, but I think we have a pretty good handle on the drivetrain this year and I, I'd really like to not have to take the car out of the trailer every race and do something on it um, other than maybe clean it up. Um, that would be that would be my goal. How about you, Keith? Any goals for 2023? Well, I, I'd like to see us... Uh, Go six o something uh, in the car. I don't know if we'll get in the fives with it because it's pretty heavy. But I, uh, I, I kind of see a, a six o run. Uh, it might be six o ninety nine, but uh, um, I know we'll go in the sixteens. Uh, you know, we'd have done it this year, and uh, we we uh, we had a lot of parts breakage this year. Uh, uh, some of it on our end. It, some of it shit happens, and uh, I, uh, ISD would hope that uh, we have to do a, a little less, less major uh, uh, maintenance. Uh, something for you, Dave, just to show you how dedicated uh, Steve and the team are. Um, so they were trying to run at Byron for the wheel stand competition. They had like a, a uh, quick eight group or what? What they have? What'd you call it? Uh, Steve, uh, yeah, what's like top, the top dog shootout? Top dog shootout it was called. So he makes the first pass, and uh, it ain't right. Uh, he's got uh, pulled the valve cover off, and he's got parts up there, and he's got uh, uh, a loose rocker. Well, he goes a little further, he finds out he's got a broken lifter, the motor. And then he looks down and the camshaft is all messed up on that lobe now. So, could have been just done there, right? Just pack it up and call it a weekend. Nope. Uh, got in there with some uh, wire, uh, wired the lifter up so it wasn't hitting the uh, cam. Uh, but it was still blocking the uh, oil valley uh, for the lifters. Um, took the push rods out uh, of that cylinder with number seven. Put the valve cover on, started it, seemed to run okay. Anyway, he went out and made three more passes with that thing, um, and he would have won the event, uh, broke a blower belt, uh, you know, at, at the kind of middle of the run on seven cylinders uh not many people could to do that with a, a big expensive multi-thousand horsepower motor but mallet racing did <laughs> good dedication there steve yeah thanks yeah perseverance yeah. We, wanted, we wanted to run on sunday we we made sure we could yeah <laughs> yeah gotta give the fans a show that's right. And they did. That's right. And he didn't want the damn thing if the blower belt wouldn't have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we made it to the finals, so that was awesome. That was for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys, I want to thank you both for taking time to do the interview today. Thanks for the for 
for asking. Thanks for being interested yeah, in us. Yeah, it was a lot of, yeah. lot, of yeah. lot of fun talking to you guys and a lot of uh, learning. I know it's uh, it's always a pleasure to see yourself and your wife out on the track. Uh, we'll we'll be looking forward to seeing you guys in May over there at the Memorial Day thing. Great, fantastic. We will be there. That's the big one. Yeah, yeah they start off the year. Yep. What's the biggest race of the year, I think, pretty much. They start and finish. Bang. Two bigger events, that's for sure. Yeah, so that, you guys got any final words or uh, that shout-outs you want to do before we close? I just really, again, I said this earlier, but without everybody coming out to the racetrack to cheer us on, it would not be, it wouldn't be half as fun. It is, that makes it so rewarding and makes all the hard work worth every worth it I guess and um, um, like my dad said it's a it's a family affair without dad being able being interested in it and pushing us to do it and um, we wouldn't have what we got and it's uh, it's a ball look we put the, the whole summer is playing around it as in for even before this car every bracket race program or this program it's always uh summer's scheduled around racing <laughs> we've missed plenty of weddings and birthday parties and that's what we do look out for the picnics and all that kind of stuff but like i said earlier for me you know as an adult a 70 year old man to get to spend every other weekend with your son and his family doing something you really like and enjoy and uh uh, just want to keep doing it's uh it's the best damn thing and uh i'm so happy uh there, there's a saying I, I saw on the back of the trailer it was a, a skull and crossbones on, on it and uh, it said uh behind these doors is an incurable disease passed on from generation to generation and uh my dad didn't uh, do cars or race so it, disease sort of started with me and uh, I know Steve has got it and I think his son Aiden has got it so uh, it's, a, it's a true statement <laughs> yeah it'll carry on the family yeah for sure so any any final words out of you Keith any thank yous you want to give uh, I uh, as, as Steve uh, echoed the same thing if you come out to the racetrack and we're there uh Make sure you stop over in the pit area to see what we're doing, and uh, uh, you'll, you'll be amazed what uh, a couple-person team can do. And uh, we'd love to talk to you and uh, tell you more about our uh, racing. Uh, it's uh, it's just uh, just a fun thing to do. Awesome. Well, thanks again, both you guys, and I hope you guys have a great new year. Appreciate it. And I wish you guys the best of luck with the 2023 drag race season. Thank you. Looking forward to seeing you out there. Uh, so you guys have a great night. Thanks again. Thank you, Dave. See you here. Okay, bye, guys.